I've lived in Memphis, Tennessee all of my life, but my mom was raised in a small town in Mississippi. My mom came to Memphis when she was 18, and she's been here ever since, so we'd go back and visit some of our relatives from her hometown ever so often. On this particular trip, I'd beg my mom to bring my cousin Jennifer along, because I was around 6 or 7 at the time, and I was always so bored being the only child around a bunch of older people that I really didn't know so I was excited when she agreed. We loaded our bags, and we set off to make the hour drive to our hometown. Once we arrived, we did our usual rounds and visited several of our relatives. On our last stop to my great aunt's house, my cousin and I decided to go outside to play to get away from all the boring adult conversation. We were right in the middle of a game of hide and seek when we saw our older cousin pulling up to the house. Now, he was about 18 or 19 at the time, and being that we aren't around a lot and he's much older, we weren't very close, but we hadn't seen each other on our previous visits to the town. Jennifer and I were standing in the driveway, so I told her that we should move into the grass so he could park his car. Once we made it into the grass, my older cousin did a beeline straight for us into the yard, then stopped. We sort of laughed it off, thinking he was just kidding around and he wanted to pretend like he was going to run us over, which obviously isn't even funny at all. And anyways, we moved further into the grass. My smile was immediately replaced by fear when he then got closer, and I then saw the emotionless look on his face. This man was seriously actually trying to run us over. I thought about running into the house while we were in the front yard, and I know that my aunt keeps the door locked, as she only uses the side door, and I would have to go back and pass him in order to get to the side. In retrospect, I could have at least banged on the front door, but my seven-year-old mind didn't conjure that at the time. So I grabbed Jennifer's hand, and I darted to the other side of the yard, hoping he would just leave us alone. My fears were confirmed when he literally drove across the front yard directly at us. We ran into a very narrow section between the house and the neighbor's fence so that he couldn't see us and because we knew his car couldn't fit there. He got as close as he could, and once he realized his car wouldn't fit between the house and fence, he put his car in reverse and zoomed off. We were absolutely terrified. Even at my age, I couldn't believe that someone, especially my own family, albeit distant, could do something so horrible. We stumbled our way into the house, and we couldn't tell the adults quick enough. Oh, and just like so many stories that I hear on these types of channels, our experience was completely disregarded. Oh, you know he didn't mean it. He was probably just messing around with you guys, the adult said. I felt tears well up in my eyes because the entire time we were out there, I just wanted someone to come and save us, and now they're not even taking us seriously. Admittedly, I too thought he was just messing with us in the beginning, but once I saw that awful cold look in his eyes, I knew better. I mean, who drives a car through an entire front yard just to play with two kids that you barely even know? No one. That's who. He had just made it home, but he never even went into the house. He just peeled out of there when he realized he couldn't get to us. That's the scariest part. I'm not sure what happened to my older cousin, and I don't recall seeing him again after that incident, 
but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he's been admitted to some psych ward, because as an adult, I can definitely look back and say he had some screws loose. This happened about two years ago when I was 22. I'm a woman, by the way. My fiancé and I had a decent two-size bedroom apartment together. To help better understand the layout, our apartment is a duplex apartment, which basically means that there's one other apartment attached to ours on the other side. There's about 10 other similar duplexes around our apartment, and almost everyone that lives in them goes to work early in the mornings, as there's rarely any cars in the designated spots in front of their apartments after about 6 a.m., and there's nothing but woods behind all the duplex apartments. My fiance would work every day from about 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. at a nearby factory. Every day before he left for work, he would give me a big hug and a kiss and tell me he loves me as he then left in the early morning. Most of the time, I would give him a hug and mumble it back, but then roll over and just go back to sleep, and this morning was no exception. He locked the bedroom door and it double-checked both the back and front door before leaving for work as usual. Well, about an hour after he left, I was awoken to the sound of my phone ringing, which was on the bed with me. It was my fiancé frantically telling me that there was a man in our backyard, and he was looking through the bedroom window, which I was still sleeping in. He went on to tell me that he was walking into work when he had gotten an alert from our ring camera, Apparently, there was motion detected in the backyard, and when he went to check it, he saw a man peering through the back window. He said he had called out to the guy, yelling a few expletives, which thankfully did scare him away. I was, of course, panicking as he tried to comfort me on the phone, telling me he was about to call the police and that he was on his way back home. They told him they would drive around our neighborhood to try and find him, but we never did hear anything back from them. When my fiancé got home, he rode around a bit looking for the man, but he also couldn't find him. My first thought is it may have been someone trying to find a place to break into, but my fiancé said it couldn't be that because I always sleep with my nightlight on, which is pretty bright, and it could definitely be seen from the outside. So if he was trying to rob a place or break in, then why would he go to the only apartment that someone was home in? We thought that would be the end of it. But unfortunately, it wasn't. About five months later, I was once again home alone and half asleep in bed with my little light on, when I again get awoken around the same time to the sound of my ring going off and notifying me that there's motion at the back door. I immediately open the app to see the same guy creeping into my backyard and peering through the window. I figured the best thing to do would be to try my best to disguise my voice to sound like a man and then yell at him on the doorbell camera to leave since that worked last time, and it did. When I called my fiancé to tell him, he rushed home yet again and he decided to take the day off to ensure that he wouldn't come back, which of course he didn't. On that same day, I had went to the police station and I also told them that this was the second time this happened, but unfortunately, they just told me there was nothing they could do, as he didn't actually break any real laws. It's been almost two years now, and nothing similar has happened. But I always wonder what that man's true intentions were, and if he was there because he knew I was a young female home alone, 
or if he was trying to rob the place. I still get slightly scared every time I hear my ring alert me to movement, even though we've moved away. Be safe out there, everyone. I never had the stranger danger talk with my parents, and we lived in a small town where I liked and trusted pretty much everyone. Starting at age six, I was taught to commute by public transportation alone or with my younger brother. I just never thought that an adult would harm a child, except my grandma for some reason. To be young and be absolutely fucking dumb. When I was 11, I was walking alone at the beach when a middle-aged man had approached me and asked to take a photo of me. I smiled and he snapped a photo with his little digital camera. He then asked me to take off my shirt, saying that we were at the beach and I would look much better in the photo without it. I actually thought that this was an appropriate thing to ask, and I obliged, and I smiled yet again for the photo. I didn't feel uncomfortable nor scared. He then tried to make conversation and asked what I liked to do. I told him I liked to play video games. He told me that he had a PlayStation in his room, and he invited me over to play some video games with him. If the sun wasn't almost down, I probably would have definitely said yes, to be honest. Instead, I said that I had to go back to my family's room because it was getting late. He held my shoulder, urging me to come with him. I told him again that I can't go with him. He then hugged me, then said goodbye. I really thought this was weird. The hugging part and not everything else, because I was never really a physical touch kind of person, and I really liked my personal space. But I just shrugged it off, and I never spoke about it to anyone. Years later, in one of my deep shower thoughts, I then realized just how messed up that was. On many sleepless nights, I often think about how somewhere out there, that freak has a photo of me when I was a child and shirtless. I truly feel for the people out there who've had it way worse. Please be careful out there, everyone, and always keep an eye on your children. Back in February of 1989, my father and I drove cross-country from Vienna, Virginia, back to my birth state, California. We arrived in San Diego, California. At that time, I was 22 and soon to be 23 in March. My father's job as head chef from the Nordstrom's Cafe was secured. I, on the other hand, had to reapply for my job at the Kinder Care Preschool Center. My father was instructed to meet with one of the area managers at the La Jolla's Nordstrom's Cafe location. Once the meeting day and time was arranged, we then drove to La Jolla. It was a nice drive. I waited in the car while my father had his meeting. When he returned to the car, we discussed the area manager's change of plans to have my father work at the Escondido Nordstrom's location. Pretty much immediately, we got to work to view several apartments located near the North County Fair Mall where the cafe was located at. We really liked one in particular, Creekside Village Apartments. It would take my father by car 10 minutes to travel to and from work. The property was nice as we had walked the grounds with the manager. It also had an actual creek on the backside of the complex. The humor didn't go unnoticed by us. We had viewed a two-bedroom, two-bath model. We liked it so much that we went ahead and signed the rental agreement 
Now, back then, apartments were very affordable. At only $550 a month with a small security deposit, and the apartment was ours. Water, pest control, and waste management were all included in the rent. We only had to pay for the utilities, electric, phone, and cable. Those days are long gone now. Well, anyway, within several days, we moved into an exact replica of the model apartment on the backside of the complex not too far from the creek. Pretty much immediately, we were greeted with a pile of newspapers strewn all over in front of the apartment door with a large window next to it. This would eventually become my father's room. My room was located next to the kitchen on the other side of the apartment. Now, we were located on the upper level from the ground floor apartments with two short flights of stairs that separated us from the other tenants. The significance of this will become clear in just a moment. As we moved in, I had to collect the newspapers and put them in an empty milk crate and then moved it to the side. I did this so that it wouldn't interfere with our move into the apartment. Once we moved everything in, I moved the milk crate to a place directly under my father's window. I made arrangements later that day for the newspaper boy to come by to collect them. I did so after I called the newspaper company to inform them that the previous tenant failed to cancel their subscription. Several days went by and the newspapers continued to come like clockwork in the early mornings. I again made another phone call and I spoke with the same manager to stop their arrival. Once again, I was instructed to keep the newspapers where they lay and that the newspaper boy would come by to get them. It was a couple of days later, early one morning, right around 4 to 4.30, when things went south. The familiar sound of a car pulling up to the curb and another newspaper being thrown at our front door was heard by my father as he laid in his bed. I wouldn't know the details until after the fact. You see, my father is a light sleeper, and he found it really odd that the car didn't drive away after delivering the newspaper. It was quiet. Too quiet. Then very slowly, someone walked up the two short flights of stairs while attempting to be quiet. My father could tell that the person was standing directly in front of his window because their body blocked the porch light from above, showcasing their silhouette, even though the blinds were closed. My father remained quiet and just watched. Suddenly, the person moved to pull the screen off the window. It wouldn't budge. He could then hear the effort of their quiet grunts. Then the person took a tool of some kind to wedge it in a corner of the middle frame and then tried to separate the screen from it. My father quietly and quickly got up from his bed and ran to the front door to then catch the newspaper boy right in the act, but he wasn't fast enough. By the time he made it to the front door to open it, the newspaper boy had already run down the stairs and jumped into his car. My father stood on the walkway yelling several curse words at the car as it then drove off. He was only able to get the make and model of the car with no clear description of the person inside. Oddly enough, there was no one else around to witness the almost break-in. I was jolted from my sleep, and I ran into the living room to then see my father coming back through the front door. As I closed the front door, I then yelled, What the hell just happened? Very angrily, he said, The damn newspaper boy tried to break into my bedroom window to rob us, but I couldn't catch him. Incredulously, I responded, 
What? The newspaper boy? With furrowed eyebrows, he echoed. Yeah, the newspaper boy. What in the world? Now the newspaper boys are robbing people? I said. I had made my way to the window on the walkway, and I witnessed a dented corner on the window frame. Another firm applied pressure would have popped it off. My father fixed it as best as he could, then had the maintenance person check it later out the same day. I called the newspaper company when their office opened, and I spoke to the head supervisor. I explained my prior phone calls, and my father got on the phone as well and yelled at the supervisor all about this incident, as well as to give him the make and model of the car. The supervisor was shocked, to say the least. From his responses and questions, he assured us that he would follow up with us during the investigation. He even told us to keep the newspapers. We waited and waited, but nothing ever came of it. Not a single word from the company. We never did receive that update. I really hope it was worth it, newspaper boy, and I really hope you lost your job. At the time of this story, I was attending college full-time as well as working full-time. With my busy schedule, I had to drive everywhere. This one particular day, I had had some car issues, and I had to walk to work from my Creekside Village Apartments in Escondido to my place of employment just down the street. It was about a 10-minute walk. It was such a beautiful day that I didn't really mind, and I wasn't upset. Once I crossed the very busy Center City Parkway Street, I was good to go. I had settled in for a nice leisurely walk down the quiet side street parallel to the parkway. I watched cars zoom by during their usual speed, going over the posted 55 miles per hour, and enjoyed the scenery along the way. As I walked the last stretch of sidewalk, I passed the always vacant sports bar. I thought to myself, when are they going to give it up and just close already? They're not making any money. As I completed this thought, I saw a person up ahead in the distance walking towards me on the street. I was on the sidewalk. He held my gaze, and I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Strangely, no cars and no people were around. It was just us. It's hard to explain, but he scared the hell out of me. It was just something about him and his energy. It was bad. Very bad. As we walked, the distance between ourselves shortened quickly in the way he was walking. His six-foot-four sturdy frame carried girth and powerful muscle as he exhibited a firm and determined gait. With each step as he drew nearer, I could feel a very strong hint of hate, grit, and anger. And lots of it. I'm a five-foot-eight girl, and I paled in comparison. In a matter of seconds, I analyzed this, and I then took note of his clothing, too. I could tell that he was wearing the only clothing that he had, literally on his very back. They looked like they had seen much better days. He carried a small olive-green backpack slung over one shoulder as he tightly gripped it with one large hand. I don't know what happened that brought this man to this point in his life, but I really pity anyone who tries to mess with them. From what I saw before me, they would not survive. 
he would surely take their life without even giving it another thought. He absolutely scared me. The fear within me just kept growing. It wouldn't stop. I firmly believed that my senses and body were screaming at me that I was in danger and to be on guard. Instinctively, I put on my poker face, acting as if I was calm and collected. I knew that anything could set this man off, and I didn't want to be the one to lose my life that day. I couldn't show any fear whatsoever. Somehow, I knew that he would sense it. I immediately started to walk more on the grass, pretending to look at the flowers to give myself a wider berth away from him. All at the same time though, keeping him in my peripheral vision. That way if I had to run, I would have a slight head start on him. Now, I'm usually a very friendly person, and I'll greet anyone with pleasantries. Not him though. Nope. I avoided eye contact, and kept my eyes averted from him. Just like a bear that you don't want to stare down. It can be seen as a challenge. A challenge that I would lose. I held my breath as we passed one another. As I gained more distance between us, I then let out a big exhale. I finally made it to work. It took me all day to distress from that experience. To this day, I can still remember that man as clearly as if it had just happened yesterday. The fear that I felt that day was truly awful, and I will never forget it. I have never felt that same way with another human being before that, and I hope I never will again. Thanks for listening, everyone, and be safe out there. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night, everyone. And remember, to always...